and welcome to Memory Lane. I'm Jen Brister. And I'm Kerry Godleyman. Each week we'll be taking a trip down Memory Lane with our very special guest as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos we'll be having a natter with them about, they're on the episode image and you can also see them a little bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane Podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. I know where you are. What's going on with you? I'm at home, which is lovely. Can you see where I I'm at home? I can see that you're at home. I'm at home. It's so nice webcam. being at home, isn't it? You can see through the webcam. Here that, I am in uh, my house. That must be lovely. And was you away all weekend? I wasn't, actually. I wasn't. So I have had the whole weekend oh, at my wow. house. Oh, That's why you're so calm. Do, do, do I look calm today? Yeah. Oh, Joel's nodding as well. You do yeah. seem kind of calm. Yeah, I feel quite chilled, actually. I've had two swims, two sea swims. There you go. And I've had, yeah, sort of a chilled time. Been watching some weird stuff on TV. You know, the usual. Have you watched any of Zoe on Celebrity SAS? I haven't. And that's what I'm catching up with tonight. Well, because it's it, it, traumatising. Oh, God. Well, I mean, when, I, when, when after she, you know, when she got back... Mm. Uh, so I remember when she got back and I asked her how it went because at that point, neither of us were still doing that, <laughs> working that much, so we still saw each other quite a bit. Um, and and she said it was like it nearly broke her. It did. And well, I she said, broke ribs, I think. Oh, no, I mean like mentally. Oh, yeah, yeah mentally, oh, yeah. yes, and physically. <laughs> I watched a bit of it, to, you know, to sort of support her, but I just found it a very difficult watch. Does Matt Hancock got his dick sucked off by a leech? Because that's the only reason I'd that. watch it. I didn't see no, that. But let's just say shame. Matt Hancock got a good edit. <laughs> He's in it a really? lot. <laughs> He's oh. in it a lot. So um, beware. Okay. There's only been one episode so far. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, I'll catch up with that tonight. And then I'll catch up with the rest of it when I get back. And then you're on back Saturday. on the road after t- tonight. I'm back on the road from tomorrow. I mean... Fun times. Kerry, what are you doing? I, who cares? Who cares that I'm back on the road? Nobody cares. <laughs> I am. I'm still just in my semi-retirement at the moment. I did drink quite a lot of wine at the weekend. <laughs> oh, well, this I want to get into. Okay, so very quickly, I just want to get into this with you. Because this is this is my experience of Kerry Godleyman with wine, without wine. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Without wine, vehemently against wine. <laughs> Anti-wine. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever drink again. Yeah. Wine is the devil. Yeah. Do you know what, Jen? If I never drink again, I don't think I'll miss it. Yeah. And and actually, I've never felt better since I'm not drinking wine. Yeah. And then there's Kerry Godleyman on wine, which is like, anyone want a glass of wine? I've got lots of wine. Would you like some wine? I don't think you're drinking enough wine. I do so it's... have a love-hate relationship with wine. Yeah. <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> I've accepted it. You are still in the throes. I know. I know. Are you... The problem is, when I don't You've, drink wine, I do feel great. Of course, we all feel great when we're not drinking, Kerry. <laughs> we all so feel do, great. Why do we drink then? So Saturday night, uh, I was home alone on my own. So it's like a rare and lovely treat to be in on a Saturday night. Especially oh, for a stand-up uh, comedian. Uh, I always oh, associate oh, it with I that actually, I actually f- genuinely feels like uh, I'm skiving off work if yeah. I'm at home on a Saturday night it's like I'm skiving so Ben went to a party Ben went to what? both the kids were at sleepovers they both had, uh-huh. were staying over at mates and Ben went to a party that I, I, I hope they don't hear this but anyway I, I was meant to go but I thought I don't want to go so I stayed <laughs> in alone and 
ate quite a lot of chocolate and drank wine and watched telly. What? Great. What were you watching? Well, I tried, and this is not going to be popular, but I tried again with Succession and again I didn't connect with it. I will get into it. I refuse to not be in the gang. Well, like, if you like don't... all gangs, I refuse to not be to in. be excluded. Yeah, you refuse I will to be, be excluded from this particular gang. Yeah, I think it's absolutely okay if you don't. There's loads of gangs that I have just bypassed, and I've carried on with my life quite happily. But everybody loves Succession. I can't be wrong. I've just got not, to keep not trying. everybody. There's some people. It's not for them. I had to drag Chloe along with me oh, to the really? Succession series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, "I can't. I'm not." But then once she got in, she was in. Okay, but I dragged so she's her along. a bit more like me. She's a bit more reluctant. Yeah, she was like, I drag her through a lot of stuff though. Sometimes she does dump it, but she didn't dump Succession. Um, in other news, I've had a haircut. Oh yeah, it's I've quite d- short. I- yeah, but also, I've dyed it. Oh, why do you dye it? Is it because of the grey? No, because I just love dyeing my hair the same colour that it's always been for £100. It's because of the grey? Yes, yes, for the grey. For mm. the grey, Kerry. For the grey. This is the thing that when I dye my hair, people go, why are you dyeing it? I'm like, well, why are you dyeing your hair? <laughs> yeah, but Jen, why are you dyeing your hair? But why do I get so much grief if I dye my hair? People are like, actually actively angry with me. Uh, what? Uh. <laughs> Betraying the sisterhood. Why are you dyeing your hair? I'm dyeing my hair because I'm... I don't know if anyone's noticed how many old ladies are getting work, but there's not that many, okay? So in an attempt to mitigate... But grey's in. Aging. Grey hair's in. Oh, everyone says that. Yeah, no, grey hair is in. No, look, it is... Well, what, um, and when it's out, what happens? When well, it's out in six months' time? Dye it, it then. it will be. No, I can't just suddenly. I'm not Philip little... Schofield. I can't just suddenly rock up with like dark hair after being grey for like. Um, and, any, anyway, I, I don't. I don't even know why I brought this up. I could have happily done. You wouldn't even have noticed. This is the other thing. No one notices it until I mention it, and they go, "Oh well, you you you, you made a rod for your own back there." <laughs> so, <laughs> why am I? Why am I? Who are these cockneys? <laughs> these aggressive cockneys that you're hanging. They're out everywhere. With? Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Well, you're going to struggle to not die from now until the end of your death. <laughs> so, who is this character? I don't know. I'm sort of slightly basing it on someone that... It's you, isn't um, it? It's you. It's me. It's me. It's me. <laughs> this is turning into therapy now. Yeah. I, anyway, look, I, I've done it. It's done. And, well, you and look I lovely. Only... Oh, thank you. Well, that's kind of where we, sh- we should have led with that. <laughs> I know, but I quite like the aggressive Cockney character that you... Uh... <laughs> Oh, that I manifested in, in a defensive way about something that I needn't have brought up in the first place. Oh, well. Anyway, who are we talking to today? The very funny raconteur, Kevin Bishop. This oh, man yes. has got a lot of showbiz anecdotes. I, I, some might say too many for one podcast. In the old days, he'd have been on Parky, sitting on a chair, telling yes. tale after tale. He has, Because he's been in show business for such a long time since he was a kid he's just got a lot of stories yeah and because he's had such a varied uh career yeah you know and in, in terms of where he's been and what he's been in movies and tv shows and sketch shows and sitcoms do you remember the kevin bishop show LA. yes yeah, of course show. i remember yes i know it's mad <laughs> it's great i mean if I, when i think about my stories i'm like well i i, I sort of went around i know the UK circuit for like I know. 20 years. I always you, feel like that. When people are like, tell your stories. I'm like, well, I did a big shop. But he's got proper <laughs> top-end stories and uh, very funnily told. 
have you got a gazillion photos in your phone? I imagine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't have. You, I mean, you haven't got to call your mum and get them dug out. No, no, no. Some old She's album. I love that you've just got that on there, like the Muppets on there. Because you must, you must get asked for it. Fairly. Yeah. When you were a kid, did you? Where was the bit where you went? Oh, I want to do that. I want to be in these. So songs. yeah. So so. Uh, my mum, my mum's sister's got eight daughters, and they used to watch Annie the musical. Why film. wouldn't you? I'd Why watch wouldn't it you? all day. So they're watching it on a loop all day because that's what we did in the old days, didn't we? Yeah. We, didn't, we watched, we watched things. Well, it was what it was on telly. Yeah, because there was nothing else to do. So I used to watch, watch George Formby films over and oh, over. I love George Formby because it was always yeah. on. Yeah, but if you listen to some of those songs now, you know they are utterly. Oh, they're filth. riddled with problems. They're, they're oh, yeah. very problematic. He'd be cancelled. Oh yeah, yeah. 100%. post-war traumatic sort of yeah. So you thought, I want to be in these films. So yeah, so I, I basically would watch these films over and over again. Like Return of the Jedi, just watched it six times a day. And, and then we're getting into like the Goonies and like Indiana Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, all these, all these films yes. with kids in them. Uh, yes. And I remember saying to my mum, I said, mum, how did these kids get in these films? And my parents said, mum, I don't come from a showbiz family. And they were like, we don't know. And I went, oh, I want to be in these films. And you couldn't Google it. No, 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 no. <laughs> you couldn't sort of find out somehow. Well, my mum said, I spoke to, to someone the other day and I said, my son wants to be an actor and I, th I just think he's got some sort of talent. I'm not sure, because I imagine I just came out of the womb with tap dancing. And she was like, we don't know what to do with him. And she said, well, he needs a, ch there's child, actors need an agent. Right. And there are children's agents. So I remember my mum picked up the yellow pages <gasps> and then flipped through <laughs> the yellow pages brilliant. and found Sylvia Young. And so Sylvia Young was in the Yellow Pages, and so she 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 took me to Sylvia Young's in Islington. Uh, oh God, where is it? No, Marlebone. Right. Got to Marlebone, walked through the door, and it was it was like sort of fame. Like it was really like there was just kids, there was just kids tap dancing. And how old and are you now? For this? I'm like I'm now ten. And that so, is the big one though of all yeah. of the. I mean, like I don't think I know. Well, there was any Italia Conti. Oh, Italia Conti, that was it. Sylvia Young and Anna Schur. Yeah. So Anna Schur was the sort of like the street kids. And we were always terrified of auditioning with Anna Sher kids because if they asked you to do improvisation, it always ended up in a, ended up in a stabbing. Yeah, you like, get yeah. cut. Yeah, it was all that. It was like it was like ding a ling a ling. Oh, can I have a packet of chewing gum, please? Shut up, man! What's all about? <laughs> get, out, get off me, man! He just my brother. It was like that every every. I once did a workshop audition for EastEnders, and that's how it was. Yeah. It was like you shut up, no fuck you shut up, yeah. no, you shut up, you fucking my mum shut up. Yeah. I'm she a... just quit. I was like, how did we how did we get here? Well, I was a, I was a child actor with like so like, so there's hardly any of us left, but like. Danny Dyer was was one of my kind of oh, contemporaries. Right. And, uh, and if you walked into an audition and it was for like Street Kid number three what? or whatever, Danny was there, you might as well have just left. He got it. Yeah, because uh, Danny was like this weird, you know, like the Munchkins in uh, in in Wizard of Oz was like, like a man, like a man <laughs> and a, ch a child. Like, we so, are. What's that yeah, song? Yeah. I remember Danny. I remember Danny was like. He would be like 14 years old or something. And we walk in there and he go, Well, I bite my Danny. I'm Kenny Town. I'm Kenny Town. And it was literally like you, you, you actually felt nervous and because he was the real deal. Wow. Right? Yeah, he was. He was like Ray Winstone, but like a child. But a child. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like, all right, babe, I'll tell you what, I do, you want to borrow a score? I'll tell you what, yeah, borrow a score. Let's go and cut a pints after this. We're like, we're 13. <laughs> yeah, no, like, listen, you won't get served around here. If you come to my pub in County Town, you get no problem. You know? wow. It was like he was a proper scary man. Yeah. And um, and so if it was for a, if it was for like a, a, a rough street kid, you just just go. There's no point. Danny's no, got it. Get it. And everyone loved him. And uh, and actually, he, uh, even though he was like that, he was he was always lovely. He was always soft. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm very he seems very fond like a nice of him. Bloke. He's a lovely guy. 
I've always had a really good laugh with him. So what I was, was your 10. first job? So I got into Sylvia Young's, right? Yeah. Walked through the door and, and I go into the office and she's sitting there in the corner in the office and and um, she's sitting over the corner and I said, uh, Sylvia, this is Kevin. He wants to audition for the show. She went, can you sing, darling? And I went, um, yeah. She went, can you sing a song? Sing a song now. I went, well, I, I, I haven't actually prepared anything. Sing happy birthday. I went, uh, happy birthday. She went, you're in. You've got an open audition tomorrow for The Sound of Music. Ah, uh, yes, it's at the Saddler's Wells. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. And, it, uh, and I, that was it. That was it. I, I was signed. I was signed wow. to Sylvia Young. Literally. That's exactly how I imagine she sounds. Yeah, yeah. She sounds like she sounds like you, darling. And, um, and so I, I went along to the audition at Sadler's Wells. There was 2,000 kids oh in a God. queue outside the theatre. I, I would not have been able to do that Terrifying. at that age. I would have just gone, no, I want to go home. Also, as a mum, I'd have just taken you home. Yeah. I'd have been like, fuck that. But it was Let's go home and watch Annie again. But, yeah, uh, but it's I, a hard I, I wasn't. I wasn't completely green because I'd been... My first professional job was in Panto with Lionel Blair as a tap dancer when I was uh, eight. Bloody hell. Yeah, it was um, Cinderella with Wendy Richards. Oh, my God. And, and that was in Orpington? Uh, that was in oh, Bromley, Churchill Theatre. Oh, Bromley. yeah. And um, and then the next year, I was Ronnie Corbett with Ronnie Corbett and um, Jack and the Beanstalk. What? Again, as a tap dancer. And, uh, God, I can't imagine. Eight. I just... You must have been a very, like, grown-up eight-year-old. twat, yeah. No, um, no, no, no I really was. Genuinely, yeah, I genuine, I, 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 People say, well, you did a pushy mother. I was like, no. very pushy child. Uh, <laughs> and like, what, I, and I, I basically just said to my parents, this is what I want to do. But do eight. something about it. <laughs> what are you going to do? But you that's know? just mad to me. Like, so, I look at my eight-year-olds, and they... Because I've got twins, I've got boys, they're eight, and I can't even imagine them having that kind of agency or mm. being able to come make those decisions or, they, or have that self-knowledge. Like wouldn't have been able to find a matching pair of socks at eight, let no. alone get a job. Well, I struggled doing that stuff. Right, but, um, okay. A sad as well, right, was Sound of Music and I was, I was auditioning for the part of Kurt. And there are three, um, when you're a child actor, you've got a set amount of days. I think it's like 80 days or mm -hmm. 40 or 80 days or something. And then you can only use those days, but you're, well, you're not legally allowed to work any more days than that because obviously your school suffers and everything else. And, and then that finished. There's three groups of kids. And then I left, this, I left that and then I landed Grange Hill. It was my first I TV remember you job. did Grange Hill. Who did you do Grange Hill with? Who were your contemporaries? Um, Pre or post Zamo, that's um, the... I, I, was in it, no. I was in it when it just began to get shit. So it was How me, old were you when you did Grange Hill? 12. It's quite shameful. I was on Grange Hill for two series and I was so badly behaved because I was like what we would call a real child. You know, like where, where even though I was professionally working as one, I was a wild child. So like uh, one from, from the wilderness. And so I went to a normal school. I didn't go to Sylvia Young's full time, it was just on the agency. So I went to, I went to Ravenswood School in Bromley, which was the same school David Bowie went to. So it was just like a, you know, comp, comp you know, all boys really rough South London school. Mm -hmm. And then I would get picked out, put in, in Grange Hill, where wow. it is, it is, it's a set of a school. It isn't a real school and you're working full on mm. uh, or your intuition. There's nowhere to stretch your legs. There's no field like I had, mm. you know, play football. You can't do that. And so I had a lot of energy as I still have. Mm. And, and, and so as a kid, can you imagine that? It was like a Tasmanian devil. And so, it was, I was just so naughty. And so I remember this producer called me into the office. She was like, I mean, I just, Kevin, I, I don't know where to start. I mean, I, I, I like you, you know, I like you. I see you have potential. We like you here, but you've just, just, just got to go. You've got to go, you have to go. 
I'm so sorry. I, I, I didn't really know how to say this, but you're, you're, you're fired. And, and uh, you were 12. I was 12. <laughs> and, then, and I went and told my dad. My dad is like, my dad is not, not like me. My dad is a health and safety inspector. And, um, and I told my dad, I went, Kick me out, Dad. Throw me out of Grange Hill. And all the kids were like, oh my God, man, you've been kicked out of Grange Hill. Like, you're <laughs> finished, man. Ah, oh, my days. Like, you're right. That's it, man. You're like, never going to work again. And um, like, oh my God, burnt at 12. Wow, man. You've been expelled from it. And then I told my dad, and my dad just looked at me and he went, ah, he went, only my son could get expelled from a fictional school. <laughs> oh, harsh. That is harsh. But actually, it turned out, it didn't it work so, out. It turned out, the, oh, the silver lining. Have you got, oh, sorry. The silver lining. So, you know, I was explaining to you earlier on about days. So yeah. you've got these days, right? And then you use up those days, that's it. Brain yeah. used to take all your days. That was, that was the thing. We've got all your days, you can't work on anything else. I got expelled and I had these days. I landed Muppet Treasure Island. Right, show us this picture. Show us this um, picture. Of you with a certain green frog. Is it gone? This was, this was actually was probably the best thing that could have happened for your career, because like, I mean, what was, what was the role that you landed? So, the, the, so it's, it's um, Treasure Island, the, the um, famous book, and the Muppets said, I'd been to the cinema to see Muppet Christmas Carol, like, With a Michael year before. Kane. Which I thought was amazing, it blew my mind. Yeah, I love And that. I was like, it's I great. remember being in that cinema and watching the, those credits come up at the end, just thinking, please, I'd love to be in a film like that. Really? You know, like, it must be like early manifestation. And then I, 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 it really stuck with me, that film. And then they, and I remember Sylvia Young said, she went, there's an audition coming up for a remake of Treasure Island film. And I thought, brilliant, we're going to be, we're going to be in the, in the Caribbean. Like, this is a great job. Yeah. No idea what version of Treasure Island. So Muppets hadn't been mentioned at this stage? Not been mentioned. And then the first audition was literally like someone just going, yes, no, yes, no. Like physically pushing you to one side. Oh, you know, yeah. was, that's how brutal it used that to is be. Brutal. Yeah, brilliant. That's how it should be. And uh, <laughs> I wish it was like that now. And um, so, yes, no, yes, no. And, it, and there was more auditions and more auditions and more auditions. And then eventually they said, OK, this is actually the Muppets. And in those days, you auditioned all the time, all every week, a couple of times a week for something. So it wasn't that overwhelming until it got into the latter stages. So, yeah. so I, I went to meet Brian Henson and Martin Baker uh, in Oval Road in Camden, which was the creature shop. So Labyrinth, oh, you know, yeah. Dark Crystal, yeah. all those yeah. trippy films. That the, the Hensons made yeah. that people don't something never don't, ending story them that never ending story yeah, well, yeah. I, I, animatronics was their thing they're amazing yeah. the animatronics and so I got there and uh, Brian was like hey Kevin come in sit down it's nice to meet you I was the first person that they met of of Brian actually met the very first kid that walked through the door do you and, think that helped get the part because you well, just made well, such an impression well anyway they auditioned. Something like 2,000 children. Fucking hell, you'd think they'd have forgotten, that day. forgotten you. And Brian just said to Martin, he went, why don't we just go with that kid and the one that save came ourselves in all this, you know. <laughs> and he talks about it in interviews, Brian talks about it. Really? He was the first kid that walked through the door and we were like, okay, if that's a great start, let's see what the others are like. <laughs> and you know? none of them ever <laughs> none, of them, none of them were right. But... Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm sure they saw some brilliant kids, but like we went to, well, Russell Tovey's, for example. I mean, so they went to the screen test was at Shepperton and with real Muppets. 
and that was freaky, really freaky. What? what? <laughs> this is going to sound it? like such a fucking stupid question. But, you know, when you see the Muppets, obviously you don't see what's happening to the Muppet to make the Muppet... What is happening? Well, is that, is that, it's just one of the men with their hands up there. It was... It was well, they're real. Um, are they real? Was, yeah, they <laughs> no, are real. I'm just... Are, are you talking just about? tell her they're real. They should be telling really me Father excited. Christmas isn't real. <laughs> what about the um, tooth fairy? Yeah. Um, no, so they... they so, well, they didn't have the, they didn't have the, they didn't have the, like the the proper Muppet performance. So it wasn't like Dave Galt, Steve Whitmire. But they wanted to and, see you interact with Kermit. Well, there were the, there were these like British brilliant puppeteers, mm-hmm. but they needed to see us for for all sorts of reasons, you mm. know, like light and how you match yeah. with the Muppets and if you blended in and whatever. And uh, and do you know what? I just I I thought in my, I went to pieces. I, I blanked my lines. Really? Like, yeah, I was a terrible screen test. Um, but I'd sung the song, and I was—I could sing as a kid. Like I was—I was in choirs and things like that. So, but I was used to singing, and so I, the, the two, two casting ladies, Jilly, um, uh, Suzanne, and Jilly, Paul, uh, Suzanne Crowley and Jilly Paul, they were like, they were like, we really want Gavin to get this. You know, that, that, and, and I could feel that they really wanted me to get it. And uh, but it was the, the, my screen test. I felt was so bad. And then it was weeks and weeks and weeks having done the screen test. And on a Sunday, Martin Baker called my mum and said, "We want Kevin to be the new Jim Hawkins in wow. in, in Muppet Treasure Island." You, and how in. how long was the shoot? And where was the shoot? So Shepherd's Studios, and um, so Tim Curry. Jennifer Saunders. That's one of your other Jennifer. pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So Jen's. That was the first time I'd worked with Jen Saunders. I've worked with her a couple of times since then, and um, she Jen, must have been nice. Oh, she was lovely. She was just lovely. I mean, she is just one of my favourite human beings. She's so and she's so funny all <laughs> the time, and uh, but and but Tim Curry. I remember, you know, Tim was like he had jet lag, and um, he had jet lag for eight weeks. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which like, well, here's, basically, I've got a bit of jet lag, man. Fuck off and stop talking to me is what jet lag meant. And, um, it's a good code. Because I was, I was, I mean, I just wanted to talk to him all the time. I mean, I, I had so many for questions for him. For someone like you, that would have been quite hard to contain. 14-year-old Kevin Bishop, yeah. not talking. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Connolly was in the film. Oh, God. So, so, so Billy oh, Con- my God. This Billy is amazing. Connolly, I knew verbatim all Billy Connolly's stand-up. All his routine. Like, like beat for beat for beat for beat. And, and I used to just quote it to him all day. And he'd go, oh, fucking hell, <laughs> you know my route better than me. Like, it would just, like, it would just send him mad. But he, was, he always had loads of time for me, Billy. And we would go play, he'd play the banjo with me in, 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 in his room. We'd be playing like the Beatles on the banjo. It was just mad, magical times. Oh, wow. And Billy was always just, oh, he dies on page 13. And so we shot all his stuff immediately. And the, the the feeling on set when Billy Connolly was on that set, I mean, it, it was just electric, and he was so funny all the time. And I remember just looking at him and looking at the way he behaved and the way he acted with himself on stage and how he treated other people. And I just thought, that's what I wanted to be like all the time yeah. on set. And so he was just tattooed on my mind. This is how you should be. Everyone, everyone's having a great time because he's here. What a great role model for you to encounter the at that best, age as well. The best, and and it was, and he always had loads of time for me, and so Billy died on page thirteen, and when he left, it was like, it was it, honestly, it was <laughs> bereft. Don't want to yeah. do it anymore if Billy's not it doing was it. Like, oh, have we got to no, do this for another six weeks? <laughs> 
just Jet awful. lagged Tim Curry. <laughs> fucking heartbroken, were you there? And, um, and, oh, God, he was lovely, and Jen was great. And I, and I was a massive French and Saunders fan, like, huge. My, my yeah. mum just brought us up on that. And, and uh, Dawn visited the set um, with Aide Edmondson, Lenny Henry, and like, the kids, and they, they turned up at the set to see it all. It was just insane. And how were you treated? Were you treated as an equal or a child? I or was I... spoilt rotten. I was absolutely spoilt rotten. Like, they, it was nuts. I, I mean... It, it was so mad. I had a dressing room full of like whatever I wanted. God. And uh, and I was a little shit. Like <laughs> I, I would I would my, I mean, my driver my, my is still my mate today. Yeah. Even today, Pete Grovac, and he used to pick me up. He was also drove the director, and he picked me up. I'm 14 years old, and he picked me up in the this old Mercedes black Mercedes 500 SEL, and he'd already taken the director to Shepperson, and he's picking me up. And he's turned, he's looked in the rearview mirror one day and he's gone, I'm having a fag in the car in the back of 14. <laughs> Literally hell. having a fag out the window. Because I found the director's fags in the car. <laughs> and uh, and, I, and, and he said, you what are you doing? He went, he went, you can't do that. I was like, come on, don't tell mum. I'm on a fag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, number one on the call yeah. sheet, love. That's num that, that was the 90s. your Danny Dyer. That was the 90s for you. You can do it in Canning Town. <laughs> But I, I actually remember I turned 15 on set and um, and they got me so, I mean, it was, it was obscene. Like they got, they had this big thing. They were saying happy birthday to me on set. Everyone, everyone's like, yeah, happy birthday. I fucking hate, I hate this kid. And uh, and they presented me with tickets for Man United because I'm Man United supporter. Eric, signed Eric Cantona books. Oh, wow. Si signatures from all the United team, like a Man United shirt. Um, just some lovely presents. Like, oh, and the best one, an actual Muppet of me. What? I own it? that. Yeah. That's amazing. And so with all my clothes from Muppet Treasure Ryan, so a, a, a Muppet of me, full dress as Jim Hawkins. And, wow. Um, and, and they've only given, um, at that, that time, they said, we've only given three Muppets. They said they've given one to me, they gave one to Tim, Tim Curry, and they gave one to Michael Caine. And apparently Michael Caine just left it in his dressing room. He was like, Oh, I, I, mean, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'd do with that, but uh, you know, someone would put good use to it. And I just, I just left it. Like, where does life take you after that? So after Muppet Treasure Island, I went to Los Angeles with my dad, and um, to do pilot season with a view to getting an agent, well, all that stuff. Yeah, to get an agent. Which I got, but the so I was only what was I fifteen? What did your dad think of going to LA? Completely overwhelmed. I mean, LA my, is mental. My dad, bless him, right? He came to, came to LA with me, and my dad likes to sort of save money. And so, dad and I got there. This is before sat nav or anything like that. So you just get in the old days when you go to LA, it's an enormous map and nothing makes sense. And wow. my dad was trying to find the Ramada in like uh, Studio City. And it took us hours to find it. And he eventually sacked it off and then found this motel on the right side of the road, which what I realise now, you could, you could hire it by the hour. Yeah. So it was a knocking shop, my mm. dad wouldn't know that. And, uh, and I remember I was, in the, I was brushing my teeth and, the, and the looked in the mirror and a cockroach just ran over my shoulder like this, right? Oh, and, uh, and so I was like, Dad, this is a horrible place. And he was like, it's okay, it's only 20 pounds a night. And then, uh, and then we, I remember I had, a, I had all these general meetings. When you go to LA, you have these generals, don't mm -hmm. you? And people just talk about whatever. And um, 
I had the head of Warner Brothers. We were in Warner Brothers, and we're waiting to, for this guy to come out. And then I'm sitting there, and I felt this sort of thing in my foot. And I was like, oh my God, what the hell is that? I was like, fucking hell. Took my boot off. Oh, God. Took it out. And this cockroach fell out of the boot and just ran across the shiny floor of Bloody Warner hell. Brothers. And my dad leapt up and went... <laughs> <laughs> and stamped on this cockroach, which exploded across the floor, the oh. shiny, polished floor. And the guy was standing there with his hand out. Yeah, hi, Chip. As a Kevin, like, oh, wow. it was so the timing was perfect. Bloody hell! And we were clearly, just, we were clearly just fish out of water. And I remember I sat in this this agency, and this guy said, "Okay, what we gotta do here is like, uh, you know, like everyone loves the Muppets, right? And uh, you know, uh, what we gotta do is we gotta get you emancipated from your parents. You gotta come out here, you gotta live out here, get emancipated from your parents, which basically is get divorced from your parents. That's mental. And you're and 15. I'm 15. So I go live there, <gasps> with, 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 away from my parents. And I walked out of there and my dad looked at me and he said, I don't feel so good about this, son. I don't think this is the right thing to do. How do you feel? And I went, I don't think so either. And, and didn't go. That was it. Just went back to England. You're 15. And went and you can't life. go and live in LA. Went and, and went and did the rest of my childhood. Do you yeah. feel like that's the sliding doors, like ever, what that life would well, have what been? Well, what we've found out since, I mean, look, look the stuff that we see now that's coming out oh, about these kids, child news. actors. Yeah. I mean, God knows what could well, happen. Well, you look at like God, Corey Feldman, Corey Hay, yeah. Yeah. all those young men that were like emancipated and had no protection mm. and yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'd probably it's be bad. on crystal meth and you know, or dead, you know. I, that, that's because that's what a lot. That's what's happened to a lot of those. But that's great that you did, you, you know, that you at that age, you weren't so starry that you were like, I want it. You know, you're like, actually, this is yeah. right. No, you know, know what? For, right. I mean, for all the stuff, like I, I was, my family are very normal. They're very down to earth. They're not show busy and. And that, um, that's the best thing that they could have been mm. for me, mm. you know, because that because it was always Not grounded. Pushy. Yeah, it was always grounded in like you know, like I could come home and say to my mum, go, oh, mum, you never guess what? And she's like, all right, calm down. You know, yeah, there's always yeah. that like, all yeah. right, you know. Some people go over there and, and they have that lottery experience where they it, it lands really well for them. But like with me, it was a very long, slow process where I chipped away, chipped away, and it's it's a home from home for me. Like it really is. Like where, I, what what sort of stuff are you doing out there? In, in so the big one for me was um, I made a I made a network comedy over there called Super Fun Night with Rebel Wilson. Oh wow! And again, another one of those insane audition processes. It's a crapshoot, and 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 then well, what they will do is they'll say, "We want you to audition for this part like this. We don't want you to do it your way, like this." Right. And there's six guys that look just like you doing it the way they've told you to do it. That's what they want. And so sometimes if you go in there and you do it your way, it can really backfire because like the agent will go, "Hey, is it, um." I just got a call from uh, casting and they said that you were going in there and you were doing like your own stuff. And it was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And you were like, is that right? You were kind of like, uh, you know, trying to make everybody laugh. And I was like, this is a comedy, right? And I was like, I, I said, well, this is like, you know, I said, she, she specifically likes it like this. So you have all these weird sort of, <laughs> but I mean, the first time, when I, was, I remember I went to LA when I was 17 and I was, and I was still like, I was still a big drinker and like, and also being a child actor and, coming through this this world. Well, we, mm. I used to do my deals in pubs in Soho. You know, God. that's how I got my work. Yeah. And then and then going to LA from this really UK drinking culture. Yeah. It's totally acceptable. Yeah. Here. And then going to LA and I remember I got to the to Los Angeles 
no sat nav. And my agent was like, hey, Kev, uh, you gonna hit the ground running here. Uh, so we've got a 10 o'clock for you in Burbank, and then we got a midday over in Venice, and then we've got a, a one o'clock uh, back in Studio City, and then and I'm, I'm looking at the map, I'm going, I was gonna oh say, they're like, no, we're like, near each other. Miles away. I'm going, I'm going, listen, 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 I'm looking at the map, I'm looking at the map, I've got major jet lag. I went, and I, I've never, I, I don't know how to drive here. And you've got to learn these lines. I said, listen, I went, <laughs> tell them I'm in the Village Idiot pub uh, in West Hollywood. I said, uh, unless it's all meet there. And he went, and you got away with that. Well, you know, I can suggest that, but uh, anyway, <laughs> calls me back half an hour later and he goes, hey, good news. They're, 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 they're fine with that. They, want, they can't wait to meet you and like, you know. Really? They, they want to get out of the office, it's fine. I mean, Chip's a really good friend of mine. I know he's, I was at his bar mitzvah and like, you know. And I, and I was wow. like, oh. So anyway, 10 o'clock. You bought the pop culture. 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> right, listen to this, right. So 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm having a Guinness because I'm literally, I'm on English time. Right. That's why. That's why. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, that's key. And the guy turns up. The guy turns up. The first guy turns up. And he's like, "Hey, hi, I'm Chip from Warner Brothers." And I'm like, "All right, Chip, do you want a pint?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, it's, it's like ten o'clock in the morning, dude." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I mean, I'm on. It's eight hours ahead for me." And I'm like, "Jet lagged, and I'm just a bit disorientated." And he's like, "Well, I don't want to be sociable, but oh, sure, um, let's try a Guinness." Anyway. Two hours later, oh, wow. the next guy turns up and Chip's pissed because <laughs> no. he's American. Like he's, he's, he's pissed. He's, he's really oversharing. His marriage is on the rocks and, and, and they're sleeping in separate rooms. And I'm just like, fucking hell, Chip, that's so sad. And then this next guy turns up, Doug, and, he, and he's, like, uh, he's like, Kevin, hey, Chip. They all have like monosyllabic He's like, hey, Chip, how's it going? You okay? He's like, I know Doug. We're at Fox together for 20 years. Okay, how's Barbers? You okay? I'm like, oh, great. He's like, are you guys drinking? And it was like, yeah, I mean, anyone want to be a social, but like, Kevin's here. He's fucking funny, man. And he's like, and I'm like, do you want a pint? And he's like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's. Well, also, you've broken Chip. Yeah, but then. No, so it's time to move on Chip, to some fresh Chip's milk. pissed. Chip's pissed. <laughs> Chip's fuming pissed, right? And then, and then, and then Doug. Doug goes, hey, it's Friday, yeah, okay, right? And then it, he's involved, yeah? And then it's getting like, it's now like, you know, like two o'clock in the afternoon. Wait so a second, four are hours. supposed to be castings? Just generals. Oh, these are generals. Oh, Just right. generals, and they wanted to meet this English guy who's done this comedy stuff or whatever. And, and also, they, no one wants to miss anything out there. So right. if you come from England, they're like, oh, we could be the, the you know, the next Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were wrong. And anyway, so they go, so these guys turn up, and then the, the third guy comes. And he's getting involved because it's actually so, a good time to drink now. So now Doug and Chip are staying. They're not Doug, leaving. Doug's so steamy. I th I re it's Doug's had a tactical chunder, right? He, that's how pissed Doug is, yeah? He's in his like, like, red face. He's like, ah. Oh. He's like, hey, man, should we get some blow? You're like, they're absolutely fucking Tactical mangled. chunder. Was that just puking a bag and carry, yeah, just carry going, on? Yeah, it looked like he was going like to keel over. came out like, okay, let's do it again. Okay, how oh, yeah, a pain, yeah. And um, anyway, we have a great night. We have a really good laugh. I don't remember how we get home or anything. But like, and then the phone calls at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's my agent. He goes, hey, Kev, um, how did last night go? <laughs> I went, oh, God, brilliant. It started in the morning. It was amazing. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the, it's just the Chip's wife call. <laughs> Chip's she doesn't know where Chip is. Did you, did you? Is Chip with you? Is Chip with you? 
Uh, okay, because because Ralph's wife was also pulled. <laughs> Ralph's kind of he's kind of he's kind of angry because he did the the the, the valet has has impounded the car. <laughs> so it's like two thousand bucks to get the car out. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm still so slightly drunk. I'm like I'm like ah, oh, that's dickheads. That's fucking brilliant. He went, okay, okay, look, um, you can't do that. You just can't do this here. And did it back? I mean, was there repercussions? Or because no, I they, think that would get you the job. I mean, he, he said, he said, he said. Luckily, you put, you, you happen to have four meetings with the Los Angeles ultimate reprobates. He said, but anybody else who could have gone really bad. But he was like, wow, you can't do that here. It isn't that sort of place. And and you're you not just, in London anymore, this, Dorothy. This, this, <laughs> this doesn't fly here. Michael Elphick. All right. So, so Michael, Michael Elphick yeah. picture. Okay, this is the, the third, so Michael the third Elphick, picture. Yes. The third picture, right. Well, Michael Elphick, right. So Michael Elphick was, uh, we, there was a program on television called Dangerfield, and it was Nigel Levalian, and it was, I remember it. It was I basically, it. I'm a vet, but I was also a private detective. It was one of those, like, you know. I'm in one. I'm a what, restaurant. Dangerfield? No, but I'm in a program where, by day, I'm a fish restaurateur, but on the side, I'm a private detective. This Which is, is it. a solid genre. This is it. And, uh, well, anyway. Um, we did this program, so this is like late. This is, no, it's nineteen about nineteen ninety seven. Wasn't he Boone? He yeah. was. He was. Michael Among was other Boone. things, that yeah. was the Michael big Elf one. Sorry, Boone. Right, that was the big one. Was Boone, and uh, and but this was kind of like Mike. You know, sort of famously had quite a bad drink problem, and uh, we did this. We did this show. He played my dad. He didn't know anything like me, but like he did. He, I played his son, and I remember we, we were in the Leamington Spa Hilton, right, and. Um, we had a layover, and Mike went, what team just pulled? And I remember Mike had this sort of nerve damage, and and he said this thing, and he, and he go, all right, with his jaw, and I go, what, what team just pulled? Not that. And I said, oh, Man United supporter, and he went, I thought so. He went, tomorrow, midday, uh, Man U, Arsenal kick off. Meet me in the bar. <laughs> So I was like, and I loved him. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. And, and we've got this day off. So I go and meet him midday in the bar, the Lemon Spa Hilton. And then I, I get there and I'm just, I haven't had any breakfast, probably because I got drunk the night before. And I, so I went up to the bar and I said, can I have a chicken sandwich? And I remember they said it was £7.50. But in 1997, mm. that's a fucking lot. Of, that was a lot of money, yeah. right? And so I thought, I'll just eat the peanuts, right? <laughs> you have those harebrained ideas when you're young. And so I was like, just eating peanuts, they're free. Right, sat with Mike and he went, right, <laughs> right, what, what do you want? And I went, oh, I'll have, a, I'll have a pint of Stella, please. And he says, right. He goes away, <laughs> comes back and he sits down, drinks his drink. And I went, right, oh, my man, what, what do you want, Mike? He went, Mike Elphick special. Mike Elphick special. Right, and I went, uh, I went, what's that? He went, I know. <laughs> so I went up to the bar. And, uh, and I was at the bar and I said, sorry, can I have a pint of Stella, please? And um, Mike Elphick's special? And the guy went, sorry, what was that? I went, sorry, is it Mike Elphick special? And the guy went, oh, yeah, got this glass, bit of ice in the glass, and he went to the vodka optic, three on the vodka optic, on ice, and a bottle of Red Rock Cider, Chase, right? Oh. And that was like, I thought, fuck. We're in. That's the per diem's gone. Like, like a run round, you know, like, wow. I, you know. You wouldn't even get a chicken sandwich for seven could I wouldn't even feed myself. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how poor I was. Anyway, so I, I sat down at the table 
and then this is this is like midday one one o'clock whatever and then it gets to about seven or eight o'clock in the evening mike's been crying as he often did when he drank and uh, and he was like oh, oh, oh. Oh, I'm a bad, man. I'm a bad man, I'm a bad man. You're not a bad man, man. And then I was like, right. He went, okay, I'm going for a smoke, right? I'm going up for a smoke. And I was like, right, okay. He went, you want to come? I went, yeah. And honest to God, in my innocence, I genuinely thought we were going to go and have a B&H in his room and talk about Boone, right? <laughs> and we got up to his room and he starts rolling this fucking baseball bat spliff like that and he goes he went right that's yours and he hands me a fucking like baseball bat spliff like this i've never had ever had one in my life never had a spliff in my life hands me this thing and i puff it up like it's a benson edges thing and i'm like think it's mike like when i was when i was a kid i remember like and he's like oh yeah Oh yeah, oh yeah, and, then, and I literally suddenly goes fucking Jacob's ladder, and I go, I go, ah, and I go, I look back on the bed like this. I go, Mike, Mike. He goes, what? I went, I'm so stoned, Mike. And oh my god, I'm sinking through the bed, Mike. And he goes, oh, he went, well, you better go then. Like and he kicks me out of his room. I got into the lift went downstairs. When I was in the lift, it had mirrors in it and I had a full, I was a full lizard, right? In this lift, I had a tail and everything. I was oh, out shit. of it. Got to the concierge and I said, listen, I'm really sorry about all this. You know, referring to the tail that didn't exist. <laughs> so I'm really sorry about all this. Bro. I said, I can't, I forgot what room I'm in. I don't, I don't have my car, card key for my, my room. <laughs> and she was like, it's all right, it's okay, no problem. We'll get your car key. <laughs> and I gave me a car key, went up, to the, went up to the to the floor that my, my room was on. I went up on the third floor and I'm walking along and I just pass out in the hallway and I get sick and it was just peanuts. Because oh, that's all I'd had. Shit. Just peanuts on the floor. And these I could hear these Americans going, Don't touch him, don't touch him, seriously, oh, mate, he's okay. a, he can bite you. Seriously. I could just hear like that they were stepping over me, right? That's all I remember. Right? Then I wake up, right? It's, it's like November, yeah? And I wake up like this. Ah! 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 Fucking ah! Ah! ah and I, on my back feels like it's broken, right? And I sit up in these bins outside the Leamington Spa. Oh, my God. In some bins, right? How did you end up in the bins? Well, this guy's opening his car right in front of me in the car park, right? Because I'm in the car park bins, right? And he goes, you all right, mate? And I went, that'll fly, thanks. <laughs> and he went, all right, drove off. And I looked around to try and piece what, together what the hell was going on. And I saw the trousers that I'd washed in the sink three days before in the hotel hanging over the third floor on a balcony. What? And so I reckon I'd come into my hotel room <gasps> You'd fallen off the balcony. Fallen off the balcony. Oh my Three god. Three floors of a hotel into the bins. You in, into the been... only bins that, that were there in the whole Jesus. place. Jesus Christ, Kevin. Anyway, I, I, if it happened to me now, I would I would be dead. And um and so I got you know, oh I, have a, I got god. a bad fall now, like just just die of pneumonia. And um so I went to, into work the next the next that day and I saw Mike and I said, Mike, um <laughs> he's talking about something. He's like, Oh right, yeah, what? 
Well, smell, smell, it's all well. All right, Mike, um, you know when I left your room yesterday? I don't actually remember what happened. And I got sick in the hallway, there's peanuts and there's a lizard and there's American people <laughs> stepping over me and I just, I just didn't know what I was gonna do. Anyway, I woke up in the bins. And he went, oh yeah. I went, yeah, but, but I was, I'm in a lot of pain. And um, I think I fell out of my, I think I fell out of my balcony, Mike. <laughs> and he just looked at me and he went, <laughs> You've been elficked. <laughs> oh you've my god! Been, you've been elficked. But you know what though? Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Imagine like, living your life like that. I find it really stressful. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. It is that that was that time. Mm. I mean, like, you, you know, I don't meet anybody like Mike Elphick at all. They don't anymore. exist. You really. wouldn't get employed now. You they seem don't to exist. Yeah, but you know what? The, the, the other side of that is obviously towards the end, Mike had it probably it had taken over. But if you, it, someone like Mike Elphick, who was such a brilliant actor, yeah. like a brilliant actor, and, and actors like Oliver Reed, brilliant actors, and and they have that, they they have that story on their face. Yeah, you know? they've got but that collection of experiences within them. Yes, but the alcoholism or the you know the addictive side or the, the character the, yeah but that well, when you're young and impressionable like you are in these stories the, getting that kind of admiration for those brilliant actors mixed up with their lifestyle choices and it all getting a bit of a mess you oh know? god we're yeah. living in such a different world now with regard to addiction and Behaviour. Yeah, we acknowledge yeah. addiction for what it is, whereas before it's like, oh, Michael just likes to drink. Whereas now it's like, no, Michael's not well. No, Michael's, yeah. Michael's really not, not well. well you know? And yeah. he can still be a brilliant actor and not have to, you know, yeah. fuck yeah. himself up so monumentally. Well, you know what? I mean, I mean, we talk about the professionalism and how much it's changed and stuff, but I've obviously, I, I, a lot, I've got really close friends who are very successful and, and, you know, it's, a, it's amazing how much of it still goes on, but it's... The culture of Oh, the culture of that, but not on set and you, you know... Right. As soon as the job's done, it's really destructive. So, um, I mean, for, for, obviously, I can talk about this stuff now because it's all past tense for me, but, you know, there was times when... When did you get to a point where you were like, I, I'm, this is it, I'm done? Um, for me, what the thing with me, so I was never physically addicted to alcohol, mm. but I, when I... Had a drink, I couldn't stop. Couldn't go home. Couldn't, couldn't. Never made that last couldn't train. Say no. Yeah, well, I, I, I was. Well, I would do that thing where I'd, I try, you know, controlled drinking, which was like awful. And I'd go three pints, then go home. Just have three pints. Just have three pints. Couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it because as soon as I, it's so very, I'm a very sociable person as mm -hmm. well. And so like I'd have those three pints, and the kind of drinker that I was, someone could say to me, Kev, your house is on fire, and I would say. Is my wife and children in there? And they go, no, they're all right. I go, sort it out tomorrow. <laughs> you right. know, carry on drinking. Yeah. Now, what's lovely about my life now is that I can go out, meet my friends, and I have choice. I have actually have choices. Whereas I didn't understand when I was drinking that it was that that was removing the choice. So, like, if I went and met a friend for lunch in Soho to talk about a project, and we had a bottle of white wine, he would go home because he was normal. Like, he would go home and see his family and mm -hmm. whatever else. But I'd bump into some other, you know, exciting person that I knew, mm -hmm. and he'd have a twinkle in his eye, and then I would literally go home a, a day later. 
But I had no intention of doing that. Mm. Like when I left my house, it was like, see you in a few hours, you know, and then, oh, wow. and then I would come back the next day. I'm really sorry, uh, my phone died. And that uh, could be a once in a blue moon, but for you it was not once in a yeah, blue moon. I, I never drank at home, I never drank alone. And, you know, it was I, attached to the life, the, the, the fizzy kind of show busy yeah, scene. Yeah, but there was something about alcohol that I was allergic to. You know, if someone can be a celiac, yeah, yeah. or someone can be allergic to cats or horses or whatever, yeah. I am allergic to alcohol. It, my body doesn't process it like someone else's. Mm. So, so I actually used to watch my wife have a glass of wine and she looked, she'd be sedated. She'd be relaxed. Yeah, you go I'd have a way. pint and I'd go, where are we going? Wow. You know, and I, I never associated it with, with unwinding. I don't know what stories you want to tell, because the Comedy Awards story... Well, was that one awards. of the ones that knocked it on the edge? Well, the, the com- no, no, sadly not. Um, no, the comedy awards. So the what year was story, this? What was comedy awards? Two thousand eight, nine. I think around that time. Anyway, so anyone who's ever been nominated for a comedy award, in comparison to BAFTA or one of those other ones, but we knew months and months and months before that we hadn't got it. Right. Because it was you know? like that. Well, th- 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 it was like that. You know, like you'd get a call and they'd go. It hasn't gone your way, mate, because apparently so-and-so was in the room there and he reckons it's gone to a so-and-so. So we, we'd already heard the in-betweeners. Yeah, it's in-betweeners, Kev. It's in-betweeners. In-betweeners have got it. Okay. And so, so um, uh, uh, Ian Morris and Damon, who, who ran, that, ran that show, they're my, my mates. Right. Like, I mean, I think Ian Morris might have even given me my first break in comedy, actually, on television. And so we'd known each other for donkey's years. And we always... And, and as it is in our business, like, we're all mates. Like, we are all mates. You know, there might be one yeah. or two people that you might not like that much. But yeah, yeah. It's such a small bit industry. Totally, yeah. When you're sitting in that room, it looks massive on, on the telly, but it's a tiny room with your best and mates. And you know everyone. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> all your mates. It's yeah. like a school. It's like, it's like your best mates. Anyway, I saw Ian beforehand. And I went, look, we know you've won. He's going, no, 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 I haven't, Bishop. No, I haven't. What makes you the oracle? What do you know? And I went, look, you've won, all right, because so-and-so told us. And, I, and, um, and, I, and we didn't know for sure, but we, we pretty much knew. And so I was sat at this huge round table. And at the beginning of the night, I wasn't drunk. And this is live TV as well, by the way. Yeah, they don't do so much of this anymore. It's live yeah. TV. I think you broke it being a live show. Yeah, then, yeah, then, yeah. So I, bro- I ruined live TV for everyone. Um, <laughs> and even the Sean news Ryder. is pre-recorded now. Carolina Hearn as well, didn't she? Yeah, well, oh, yeah. well, well. So, so Julian Clary did oh, yes, the fisting Julie. Norman Lamont. Yeah. Fisting Ruined his career for a long time, actually. Fisting Norman Lamont, Barrymore climbing up the trellis and, and unclipping the monitor. Do you remember that? I mean, hilarious, oh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And um, Carolina Hearn. They, I mean, at the Comedy Awards, they just give you alcohol and frazzles. You know, like <laughs> that, there's no it's real no meal. Food. There's no fucking food. So alcohol frazzles, shit alcohol as well, and sh- you know, just everything was shit. And so. I was sat there and I was in a bit of a, I was very drunk, full olive reed mode. And I was with my team. And then when the, we said, listen, when, when we don't win, which we know we're not going to win, yeah. let's not do the gritted teeth thing. Yeah. I said, let's kick off, let's go mad. <laughs> I mean, that's fucking funny. And, and, and that was at the beginning of the night. So the seed was sown. By the time we got to the hour which was the very end of the night, <laughs> oh, no. we were like, we were like hammered. hammered. And so they went, and the winner is, as Olivia Lee went, 
the in-betweeners like that and the, and the camera's there and I go I go like and down in the camera I go like that. and as the in-betweeners come along the bless them the lads didn't know but Ian knew because you know, we've been messing around yeah. and I just started to throw breadsticks and so did all my table throwing breadsticks at Ian it's all on camera he's pelted by breadsticks yeah and the audience are really laughing. You can't hear it on the cameras, obviously, but like it's only a tiny room and all, mm. all your mates are laughing at yeah. how outrageous you're being. And so then I'm throwing the brochure at them as they go up there. I'm steaming. I'm throwing the brochure up there. It's getting big laughs, really big laughs. And then I pick up this plastic bottle of pomegranate juice and I, there's a huge screen at the back, like a screen like that that's like, got the comedy walls in it. I wasn't aiming for anyone <clears throat> for it at the screen and it went boom, 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 boom and hit the screen. It's, that's not on camera, but that's where it was. Well out of everyone's way. And then I go, and, and it gets a big laugh. I was like, oh, you know, it's really Larry. Yeah. Pick up the second one. Oh, Kevin. And I go to throw it. Oh, shit. And Elliot Hegarty, who's the, my, my mate, who's a director, Star Stories and Kevin Bishop show, Elliot goes, no, don't do another one. And he's like that. And I go to throw it, and it, it, it just grabs my arm like that as I go. And it goes towards the stage, directly towards the stage. And as it was there, it's slow motion, all I could think of was, please don't hit Olivia Lee in the face. Because then I then I will get cancelled. And, uh, and, and this and, is pre-cancelled. Uh, yeah, this is pre-cancelled. Oh my God, I'd have been, I'd have been I, oh, I've got to be Siberia if I don't now. <laughs> and, uh, and anyway, so it flies towards the stage, and Ian Morris catches it. It's the coolest thing he's ever done in his life. You know, but by his own admission. It's just like and he just awakenings. Goes, and he just, just goes, chunk, yeah, it's literally awakenings. <laughs> and he puts it down and he goes, he goes and everyone's like, Wee! and then, um, and, 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 and I remember, I, I, and that wasn't all I did that night. I mean, I heckled everyone. I remember I like, the heckling. I was <laughs> full on that night. And uh, and then I was with Nick, Nick Burns and I was having a chat with Nick Burns in the bar afterwards and I was like, oh, it's such a funny night, isn't it? And Nick went, <laughs> no. Like, no, really? Do you think so? Really? Uh, you think so? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. And, I, I, and I, it, was the, it was the first time it dawned on me that maybe it wasn't, maybe my perception of what it was wasn't what everyone else thought. Right. But, but when I saw it on, the, on the, 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 the edited version, because you can't pick up, the microphones only pick up who is talking. They don't yep. pick up all that stuff. Yeah. It just looked, it, the way it was cut together, it looked like we were genuinely pissed off that the in-betweeners had won. Oh, and we wow. couldn't give a shit. But like, it looked like we had sour grapes. God. And it wasn't that. It just wasn't that at all. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, you'd never get sour grapes from not winning a comedy award. Like, it's, you, you, they're no, all No, and like mates. you said, you just, you know, it's a, it but just goes to show that an edit can be your time, friend or not. First time I thought my, my, the way I like, because because the thing is, I, I'm at the end of the day, I've always been, I've been a child actor, so I have, it's not like I've had to work and go to drama school and be unemployed for twenty years and then I get work. Yeah. So I've just always done this. So I've always had like a, I've always enjoyed working. I love actors, and when I see actors, I it, it's it's just party time. Yeah. You know, that's before I stopped drinking. So I, for me, I I I saw events as times to just go. And, let your hair down. Mm -hmm. When actually, was, what you realise when you get older is that those are the places you don't let your hair down. <laughs> yeah. But but I just feel like you know we need like we need that stuff because it's just otherwise it's sort of like this, this pretend. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's my sort of thing. I I just like I just like you like them. that slight anarchy. Yeah. The things could go a funny yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Brilliant. <laughs>
I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Kevin, but I don't think you spoke once, did you? No, no, which is <laughs> quite a feat, actually, for me not to get a word in. Um, yeah, but it didn't but feel like be... an interview. <laughs> No, but uh, it was thoroughly entertaining and I very much enjoyed it. But um, I'm uh, going to crew uh, tomorrow. Yeah, which will be yesterday, according to this podcast. Right. Right. You know crew very well? I know that I'm not that popular in crew. Oh, no. That's my main takeaway. Why are you going to crew then? Uh, well, the date got the date was set, and there was a huge amount of optimism and hubris attached to that. And um, <laughs> and I love so, it. and I so love off I go. Off I go. Tours. Off I go to crew. <laughs> they love me in the northwest. <laughs> oh, crew! Stop it! The applause. When will it ever end, crew? Oh, there's still crew, crew. a few tickets left. Oh, this is becoming the new. Well, new there are. There are a few tickets left, but it, this is in the past. So okay. I'll, just to say, um, I really enjoyed Crew. And it did sell out because there was loads of walk-up in the end. There were loads of walk-ups. It was absolutely an unexpected amount of walk-ups, yeah. actually, that came, Kerry. That's the phrase and... on the internet now, isn't it? There's a few tickets left. How many? Yeah, How last many? few. <laughs> last few. Hundreds. Are we in tickets. double figures? I'm not worried about the people that didn't turn up. I'm just very grateful to the people that bloody well did. So thank you very much. So you wait. I'll be tap dancing. <laughs> I might come up There'll to be show girls. <laughs> yeah, come. Bring your feather bow. You coming out of the ground playing the organ. <laughs> oh, it's There's definitely evolved, this no show, business. hasn't it? Since it I saw has. it six months it's ago. Really, it's really moved on since I've... I've the leotard is the burlesque the bit is definitely new that wasn't there before uh, that wasn't there before but actually what I've learned is that a balcony a balcony brassiere is great for a middle-aged woman's tits so do get involved 